that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks. Because, because duality, duality is a thing. Yes, bitch. I, I you told you I'm it. done with that. I'm, I think it's your thing. You do it beautifully. I tried. And I'm not trying to battle you with that. It may, it wasn't a battle. It was a it felt collaborative. Yeah. It felt like community. <laughs> I'm so it sorry. Did. It's fine. It's fine. So here we are recording on this Tuesday evening. We're really just winging it these days with these recording <laughs> dates. But they're quiet. Usually people say something by speaking now. Speaking of oh, community. Are we speaking you know, of community? We polite. <laughs> No, we polite. We thinking y'all doing a like, you know, an, an intro, intro a, like, a proper this intro. Episode. Oh, yes. instead of the one that we have where we're like tripping. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, y'all do have that re- recorded, Jane. <laughs> we like, do duality. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we do, we do. But ladies and gentlemen, we are joined. We have some guest hosts this hey. evening. Um, one person is from Philly, and we love her, and the other is. Unfortunately, from New Jersey, and we that's just him. a shame. <laughs> no, you know him. that ain't true. <laughs> but we are here with the host of Disruptors in, in the Culture podcast, um, Joshua and Amira. And so we're very excited to have them here. Amira, Joshua, please introduce yourselves in the way that you would like folks to know you and, um, you know, let us know who you are. Amira, you, you want to do first. that, Josh? Or all right, I'll go first. So nah, Amira definitely goes yeah, first. Yeah, so I'm Amira Smith, uh, co-host of Disruptors in the Cold Share podcast with my awesome co-host Joshua Meekins. Um, we're basically a podcast that asks people about their creative journeys. And we just want to get into the nooks and crannies of like how you think. Who did you and one of my favorite questions, like I ask everybody, you guys were um I, I don't know if our episode with featuring you will release first, but we definitely were like, who are you when you were five? Who did you see yourself being? Like, we want to know how creative people, basically, how do you navigate? How did you make your blueprint? Mm-hmm. And then how did you follow it and figure out how to stay inspired and how to keep going when the blueprint, you know, you went off course or things didn't work out the way you wanted to? Um but let Josh introduce himself because Josh, Josh is one of those <laughs> men who don't give himself enough credit. He is a producer, and I mean, really, this is his show. To be honest, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I appreciate that. Nah, so um, my name is Joshua Meekins. I am a producer, a writer, a creative problem solver, as I, I like to call that. myself. Um, but like Amira said. Thank you. Disruptors in the culture is very much a platform to for people to talk about what they do and us to pick their brains and dive into all of it to really get an understanding of how they got to it. And uh, the platform came about was like 
throughout our creative journey, when I say ours and myself, my business partner, Tony Chanel, who uh, we co-own uh, Mike J Films, uh, we basically were like, yo, we've gotten this far creatively. Why don't we like, you know, highlight the people along the way? So we just, you know, started tagging those people, tagging them in. And now it's kind of grown past that. We were like talking to people in the area and um, we reached out to Amira early on and we're like, listen, we know you have a, a strong foothold creatively and we love the way, you know, you can carry the conversation and what you do and, and what you can bring to the to the the platform and Amir was hundred percent down. So <laughs> like I met Tony We've through uh, through their like with them doing their web series and doing film and stuff. And Tony used to always I used to be at the film commission. He used to come to all our events. And then he used to be like, Amir, you like to talk? And then I'm you know what? Me and Tony were in a um we were in a business class together. And as he said, he said, You like to talk, Amir. He used to call me uh <laughs> still to this day, boy, Tony. He'd be like, um, you know, you remind me of Amir. And I'd be like, Who Tony? He'd be like, Remember Low Down Dirty Shane? He'd be like, Peaches. <laughs> boy, you could talk. Oh He'd be God. like, You could talk. <laughs> and then that's how we started. He was like, I think we could do a um pod. Cause I used to have to moderate events and host it and that mean you know nonprofit work. I used to damn near hit the take pictures of myself on the on the stage. Like, mm. come on! But yeah. that's how we came about, and um, yeah, just like getting people's business creatively on how they do what they do. Dope. And I saw that you um, and as you said, we were on, and so we will definitely let folks know when our episode airs. But I also saw that you recently had Armani on. That's our little mm-hmm. baby. That's my little yeah. booty do. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Armani White, who's doing his thing. We're super proud of him. Another um, force from Philly. But as we always start, Shanti, what are your updates? What's new, Sheila? I am feeling super tender. I just watched oh. The Bear on Hulu. Have you guys watched this show yet? No. I watched, oh, I want to say, I watched half of episode one and then, you know, the phone started ringing. But it was, it's, it's it, intense. I heard it's excellent. I, um, I worked in the service industry, in the food service industry, as a server for 10 years. Three of those years being in fine dining. And the way that they captured the intensity, the chosen family that is created in the um, food industry, the creativity, the tension, just human shit was just, it just cracked me open. And I've just been like feeling it for days now. I, I recommend everybody go see this. They are acting their asses off. Um, it's scripted, right? It's scripted. Ayo Idabiri, I don't, I'm saying her last name wrong, but she's a Nigerian comedian who is a black actress in this, and she plays the co-star. And she just kills it. The cast is diverse in the most, again, human way. It's not about them being black. It's about, or them being white, or it's set in Chicago, and Chicago... Chicago kind of acts like a character in itself and you'll just like, get the feel of Chicago in it. But it, it just had me so inspired. That's what it was. It just had me so inspired. I've been talking to Antoinette. We've been on the podcast just talking about like desire and wanting something and ambition. And that's something that like I've been working through in myself and to see it portrayed in the most um, perverse ways, ambition in a way that it will like kill you to the most mm. beautiful ways and how it in- awakens like 
pride and I don't know builds character. I'm gonna watch it again. That's how like wow. I'm just I just love this show and they're just half hour episodes, so it's not gonna take up. It took up half my day, but you can like digest it in a reasonable amount of time. They're not like dive into (laughs) hour long, but like I I watch like half an episode probably, which now makes me feel ashamed because you're like it's a half hour. I'm like damn, I thought it was an hour. (laughs) I'm probably about fifteen minutes, but it's um you're right. It's diverse where it's like some of the people who work there are old, some are like foreigners, some people. It's like the people are all over the map. Folks who speak other languages, it's like that human family. My, um, but wait, did you you worked at Fine Dining in Philly? I worked in Fine. I opened Vernick Food and Drink, which like won ah. a James Beard Award and was the number one in Philly for a really long time. And that's when I kind of it also I, I guess it resonated with me because I experienced that culture. If you've never worked in a restaurant, maybe it doesn't slap the same way. But it's about mm. they French um, restaurants are are the hierarchy is similar to like a french or like a military hierarchy where you have your head chef and then you have people below it's like a ranking system so the etiquette of saying yes chef you know just the respect that is demanded in the kitchen and just the intensity and the abuse how toxic it can be yes. it was just like Ugh! i was like i can't believe it it it, it cracked it's similar open. to like the military kind of style is. of hierarchy, yeah. Just it's it's too. very toxic. And the addiction that and just like the underbelly of it's a whole different world because you're like doing different hours in the rest of the world. You know, you're staying up late, working late, sleeping when everybody's waking up and going to mm-hmm. work. Like it's Antoinette worked in it as a server for a long time, but that had me and my feelings and I've also been I th- I've, I've been reading this damn book again, and you guys are new conscious to it. Conscious loving, conscious loving. I, I again, bought it. I recommend this to you guys. It's a book around conscious loving in all relationships, but most importantly in your relationship with your, yourself. And they talk about folks' capacity to feel positivity, and how at a very young age we're taught that eventually the other shoe's going to drop. Like, don't have too much fun because you never was going to, you don't know what's going to happen. If you mm. grew up in a particular kind of setting, trauma setting, that was a real reality. You never knew what the fuck was going to happen. So you always kind of have to brace yourself. And the consequence is it is that you can't, you lose your capacity to fill up with positivity. Like, you reach a threshold where you subconsciously block positivity And so I've been aware of that in my own, like, just feeling good. My my daughter just had her birthday, so I was feeling just like, damn, I got this 12-year-old to this place. She's about to start this new journey. Just feeling good. And then finding reasons, random feeling, reasons to feel bad or all of a sudden just feeling bad out of nowhere. And then just being like, wow, like, this positivity threshold is like, it's a real thing. Thing. So I've just been. Oh, that's a full episode topic. That, I've been sitting with that for a whole minute of like, what the, what the fuck? And they they offer just different. I think the the beginning of being able to have the capacity to hold more positivity is to just become aware of it first. So I've just been like sitting with like, why do I want to feel like the world's gonna end and I don't deserve any of this and everything's gonna fall apart? Like in the middle of me just opening the keys to my door like why why but 
It's been good. I recommend I feel like this that's to you directly guys. related to anxiety. It sounds like too. Anxiety, might have like a mild case of it. it I know I do. Man, there ain't no doubt. Of, ain't no it, doubt about that shit. But probably anxiety and that feeling of like, this feels great, and how devastated am I going to be mm. if it stops feeling great? Or I have to protect right? myself because I know that it's not yes. gonna stop. So I have to like, I can't feel this good because oh. the other shoe's about to drop. And I ain't going to let it hurt me that bad when it does. So, uh, Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want it to hurt me. It's that's even in a relationship. Child, talk like, about it. I, you, you're probably sneaky. Mm-hmm. I, something got something going on. That you know what I mean? Right why are you not being, why are you being so nice right now? Why are you being mm. so nice? Yeah. Because sometimes it's some, like things can't too go good to yeah, be true. Especially if you went through something and then you're like coming back out of that. You know what I mean? Like if you and your partner go through something and you're coming back out of it and you're like kind of learning to like just be smooth again. And then it could be just them being nice and then you just be like, hold up, wait a minute. But things do ping different parts of your like um, your nervous system too. Mm-hmm. And it starts to feel a little familiar mm-hmm. and that's like you do get scared. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, whoa, this is last time I felt this good. Then boom. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't, so then you block your blessings completely. You block it. Or you Just create numb. drama. You create mm. it yourself. That's the thing. That's the thing that Sabotage. we like the accountability part comes is like I must start this shit before it happens. So this is an episode topic. Can you put it on our shared notes? Yeah. This is definitely an episode topic. I can't have a fan or my air conditioner and I'm getting hot, so just Girl, it is not hot these it days. Is it part. is beautiful weather. Um, my updates, as everyone knows, my mama was here <laughs> and my godmom. We ripped and ran and we had a great time. I we need to talk about this. This is another episode. I need to flush it out when I'm not feeling. I guess I, I'm about to get my period, so I'm tripping. But I was staring at my mom and my godmother and just thinking like, oh, my God, you're not going to be here forever. And and not being present sometimes because I'm too busy. I'm I'm seeing the difference in them in our visits and how I'm like, oh, we're gonna bike ride, we're gonna this, and they were all down for it, and then their bodies wouldn't allow them to do it. And so they're aging. And that's very new because they're very fit, they're very active women. But I I was walking around Prospect Park and my aunt, she needed to sit and I was going to go get the car. My mom was like, I'll walk with you. And then my mom's chest started hurting and she sat down and I was just like, what the fuck? And I got so upset, but you're with them. So you can't show them. Obviously, you don't want them to know that you're feeling that way. But just just seeing them age and accepting their. I don't know. Their mortality is like, yeah. So that's really difficult for me. And we were even talking about some end of life stuff and I hated it. And I'm, I'm like the executor for both of them. So I'm going to have to like reel it in when anything happens because I need to carry out their wishes. But that was not easy to see. And I found myself just videoing them constantly just so I can have those memories, which I don't know is healthy. I don't know if I'm like celebrating them or just doing it out of fear. Mm. So I need to check in with myself on that. But in other news, in true Antoinette fashion, <laughs> I ventured out and tried to have a, like engage with a new friend group. So <laughs> I have a friend 
who, God bless him, he calls me his very good friend. And I'm like, we've only been around each other like three times ever in person, but we talk a lot online. And when we do talk, they're very, they're usually very intense conversations. Um, and so anyway, he invited me to his birthday bonanza at the beach. And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I show up. I'm the only person on time. He's not even there. So then I look, I automatically look like a cornball. And then, um, he shows up and it's his mom and his brother. And I just like me and the fam. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then, you know, more people trickle in and we're talking and it's kind of like, we're still, we still need to understand how to be around each other. Cause it's like a online friendship, you know, Mm. where it's not a lot of physical time spent. And so his one friend is very, um, to both of them, they're very personable. They're very like chummy and they crack a lot of jokes. So I'm fitting in with them and we're starting to drink now. And so there's a bottle of wine that we can't open. And so I'm like, oh, I have a pocket knife. I cut myself <laughs> to the point where blood is gushing everywhere. The person Girl. whose birthday, Hard and this is a new there. friend group. Okay, this is the second time I've been around, like, two of them. The third time, like, I've been around the birthday boy, and the first time I'm meeting his family. And I'm gushing blood. I'm the youngest there. I'm probably the most, like, immature as well. And so I'm completely judging myself. He turns into this papa bear, and he's like, everybody sit down. You're bleeding. Like, it's like chastising me like my father (laughs) i'm mortified i'm just like everything's fine meanwhile i'm like do i need stitches is everything fine (laughs) and this is all going on in my head i'm like i need to get away from him i'm like walking down to the beach and just like taking it all in his friends are like with me he stayed seated because he was freaking out and so they're like can we just look at it i show them and they're like that's not good and so they go to the lifeguard the fucking Beach ambulance comes. <laughs> it's like, they come on the beach. And like, oh, this is our first call ever. Like, I am so mortified. <laughs> so I have a hard time sometimes making like new friends that like <laughs> stick. That And so for this to, for me to have really ventured out and been like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to actively try to join this friend group. They're really, they have really elevated conversation. They're all older than me. They're all are doing amazing things in their own right. And I just embarrassed the shit out of myself. When we walked back, his mom took my hand and was like, let me pray for you. And I was like, I want to die right now. I want to die right now. So that was it. I I just, I thought to myself, like, you're just, you can't That's a memory. You made a memory. That's a lasting memory for y'all. I know. It was so embarrassing, though. So I don't know if I'll get an invite to anything else. They probably love you, though. But you know, if it ends in a prayer, it's, 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 that's she a serious thing. She followed me on Instagram and like wrote me and was like, please let me know how your <laughs> finger is. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Meanwhile, it's pretty fucked up, but it's okay. No tendons or anything. Even the the lady who came mm. to the the like uh, medic, she's she's even looked at it and said, "Well, it's it's pretty deep." <laughs> she just kept saying, "It's pretty Ooh. deep. You could get stitches, or you could, you know, thug it out and put that like skin. What is it? It's like mm-hmm. that second skin on second it because skin, it wasn't scraping. like a gaping hole. Yeah. It was just a really deep slit. But anyway, that's me in a nutshell. So I embarrassed myself. 
Hopefully. Yeah, they probably love you. Because, I mean, honestly, she probably wouldn't have friended you and then, like, let me know if you're okay. No, that was they the mom. Everybody else yeah. was kind of like, something is wrong with this dummy. Like, girl, keep it together, girl. You had one job. <laughs> the only person who was like, w- was, like, checking up on me was the one who put the battery in my back, and he plays too much. He's, like, the immature friend out of all of them. But everybody else was kind of <laughs> like, who is this? Why is she here? And bleeding all over the blankets. It's like... So... Hi. That's me in a nutshell. But anyway, I have some questions for you, too. I just want to know, since, you know, y'all talking about disruptors in the culture, trying to understand mm-hmm. what does it yeah. mean to be a disruptor? That's so funny. <laughs> did she flip our yeah, question she really did. She did. Um, I feel like being a disruptor is somebody who, you know, just like... It's so corny because it's like I worked in marketing for a, a long time and they like the marketing guru, Seth Godin. And in his uh, book, This Is Marketing, he talk about culture is people like us do things like this or people like us do stuff like this. No matter what culture, if it's like Nike's ethos of culture mm-hmm. or like black culture, or, you know, and it's just people who come in to whether it's an industry or a field. And they just do things in a different way. And sometimes that different way is just showing up. And they shake they shake, they shake, shake the industry up. They shake shit up. Sometimes it's not being themselves. Because mm. sometimes they're the first of their type, whether they're black, they're a woman, they're a queer person. You know, they're the first to, like, really come and represent for people that look like them mm. and are like them. Or um, they just approach it completely different and expand the possibility of what this type of look looks like, you know? Um, I think that's what a disruptor is. Um, and that's, that's part of the reason why we had you guys on our show. Because, like, like when you talk about it, like, the deep friendship, the vulnerability, people aren't really in pods just talking about embarrassing shit that just happened. And... <laughs> <laughs> or cutting their finger in the friend they, group. They're really not. <laughs> and, and even the vulnerability of, like, I tried a new friend group, you know, and it didn't mm. work out and I got embarrassed. Everybody's so <laughs> tough and cool and superhuman nowadays, you know what I mean, that people be perfect, people you know? People be perfect. Or they be so, or they're perfect. so edgy, you know what I mean? Like, all the hot takes and every, it, it's just funny because it's like even with pods now and people talking about sex and everything. Child. And I'm just like, y'all are so also risky and so y'all are also brave and bold and cutting edge where I'm like, you know, generations change, but sometimes I'm like, you're on the same generation line. And I remember conversations around sex, you know, in my twenties and my thirties and how prudish people would be. Mm-hmm. And you always see it in a post when they start talking about a woman who was with multiple people or something like that. And then the comments are nothing but slut shamers. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wow, y'all are real funny, but y'all be acting like you're so mm. free and liberated and your mind, you know, so I, di- I digress. What's a disruptor to you, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, I think for me, it's always uh, becoming what you never had. Mm. Like, I feel like there are a lot of people in different types of spaces that say like, you know, if I had this person, you know, I could do these things, you know, and I, I hope that, you know, a disruptor becomes mm-hmm. that. And once they become that, they then can share the narrative of what that uh, what it took for them to be that with the younger generation. So I, I think I, I've said this before, um, I think on our podcast, but I think I, I shared this with, uh, a little bit with y'all when y'all were on, like, we never, growing up where I grew up, we didn't have anybody who did like film or did any type of like entertainment stuff for real. 
Um, so like I never really had anybody to talk to when I was interested in those things. It was like athlete or like doctor. So like when I actually started doing the producing and the entertainment work, like the, I think somebody had reached out to me about them starting a group in Trenton. And I like went back and like talked to those kids and now four or five of those kids like reach out to me all the time and have pursued the path because they saw me do it. You know what I mean? So I really feel like that's like disrupting the culture or disrupting your neighborhood or disrupting a community. And that can fall on the line of any, you know, music, media, education, anything like that. That to me is disrupting and really like shaking up the game for the long run. So do you feel like we need more disruptors or more preservers of the culture? I would say both. I would say disruptors because this world, like in the world that we live in now, we need a lot of people to shake the narrative up. You know, there's a lot of experiences, a lot of a, a lot of conversations, a lot of stories that aren't being told, and you know, people aren't are, are I won't say afraid, but like, there's no way to express what you want to the different generations. There's no through line, so I just think you know we need to do that, and I think we also need to preserve the stuff because there's so many there's so much mm-hmm. history <laughs> for everybody. I feel like with a bunch of different cultures that we learn every day. That like I think I always find it ironic because you know the Tulsa the Tulsa ma- I'm no, going like a little on. bit history wise but the Tulsa massacre, my grandmother we took her to the uh, African American Museum down in uh, D.C. and um, you know that was her first time learning about it but it was viral on social social media like hmm. four or five years ago, so you know she had wow. just learned about that she's you wow. know, eighty years old, so like I think preservation of history and our culture is important as well. Um, but I think that's through uh, all types of fields as well, like how music, you know, things like Sam Cooke and, and things like that need to be preserved and then passed down to be uh, disrupted built by new upon. people. Mm. Yeah, built upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know there are some things in culture, period, overall, especially American culture. God damn, it's, it's so much that it does not deserve to be preserved. You know what mm. I mean? <laughs> Is is just it all, but we need to preserve, especially as Black people, African Americans here. We our history has to be preserved. It has to be told because it's like our history is really what shaped America itself. From it's the way commerce got here and the way that America even became the richest mm-hmm. to the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's 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 sad. It's like. We and then we as as Black Americans, our culture permeates the entire globe when it comes to like music and culture and fashion. Um, and it's, it's a lot of times when we talk to some people, they don't know any other global artists outside of what if unless it's like Burner Boy, who people who just recently became like on the radio here. Right. But it's like people don't be knowing global artists, but when you go other places, oh, they know, they know American culture, they know the artists, they know the rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I remember being in Jamaica and they had the radio one and it felt like it was in America. And I was just like, damn, they play this much American music over here? And it was just, it's kind of a, it's a little shocking where you're just like, they're so tapped into what's going on with us. But uh, America has this big veil and illusion, you know? So it's like, yeah, we, our culture has to be, I mean, our like history has to be told or because they, they're really trying to make all this erasure yeah. of everything that ever happened to us while we're here. Um, because they, they would love to repeat a lot of it, you know? They would they would really love to because yeah. financially America's not doing well, <laughs> you know? They're like, please, global, can we go the back? The globe isn't doing well, right? That's on a global Listen, level. It's getting tricky. Like the, yeah, and the, and the, the health of the planet isn't doing well. Ta- d- d- Listen... We've been talking about it, and that's coming up, because I got something to add to politics. But speaking of a disruptor, your girl, Shanti 
Solange. Solange. We were just asking. We just said, what the fuck is Solange? I was like, she, she on a boat somewhere. She pops up when you need, like, when you, when you least, least expect, expect it. it. She like pops up. If and you, goes, it, right, I'm if working. you want to know where Solange is, you gotta follow Mama Knowles, and she will post about her babies. <laughs> she will give you the yes, updates about her kids. So mm-hmm. Solange is disrupting all the cultures and composing the next score for the New York City Ballet. And Solange's piece will soundtrack. Um, a yet-to-be-titled work by choreographer Gianna Reason, which will premiere at the New York City Ballet's annual fashion, fall fashion gala, September 28th. I'm so... I, composing a score? I want to know, like, is she really composing it? Like, who's composing it? Because, like, does she... I'm serious. Like, is Solange she wants us to know she's an artist? God damn it! I know, but she's composing like, is like—is she writing the music? Like, truly, did she write all? Is the music somebody writing other albums? She it's different. It's different to produce she's it. Writing or like putting right. It it's together. a difference between producing it and then getting music staff paper and like writing <laughs> yes. lines that work with. Like, I want to know like. What's the instruments? Are you and writing in different keys for the different instruments? Different, it, it's a lot, and I'm I am so, I'm so interested. Like, is Solange Quincy Jones on the low? No, is she trying to be. I'm listen, excited. Listen, I'm excited. Listen, for I'll be, her. I, I, it's funny because I had the same thought like, huh, does she go? And I thought, oh, is this going to be like a tag team, her and like Raphael Sadiq, or you know, because it's like I do know he composes, but it was like. And I was like, no, Amir, don't don't do that. I was like, right away, my first thought was like, don't discount her. Like, mm. shit, she been doing music a long time, mm-hmm. you know. And shit, they how do you say ten thousand hours? Yeah. She could have been, you know, she could she know she might know how to write sheet music. I mean, I remember in high school there was a lot of band nerds who they know how to they knew how to read it, write it, everything. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like I refused to learn it. <laughs> Jokes on me, but you know she could be one of those kids who. I don't know. That's that's amazing though. That's really that's really disrupting culture because we all know I mean it's Solange. It's gonna be extremely successful. Yeah. It's gonna bring them Do we know if she's the first black oh, woman? Yep. Or is I don't that know. Like, no, she is. I would I is would she? first Yep, she's she the first is. black woman. Yeah, I, I would I would yeah. love to know. And it's gonna be extremely successful. It's gonna bring them so much press, so yeah. much renewed interest. So it wow. definitely like slams the door open for more women, more black women. You know what I mean? It's like that's that's majorly disrupting culture. Yeah. That's like a Misty Copeland mm-hmm. level <laughs> flex. Like, you know what I mean? That's that's live. That's that's uh, so shout out to Solange. We know where she is. And I wonder if that's open <laughs> to the public, but I want to go. So that's something that we're recommending. And other hot shit news. I really shouldn't have put this on here. Megan Thee Stallion dropped an album. I didn't listen because I'm officially at an age where new music, I, it doesn't excite me. I'd be like, I can't, I don't know. It's not that I don't like Megan, but um, did anybody listen to it? Is it good? I What's the a couple of tracks. <laughs> I heard the first song. I, to I just heard the one that's been previewing the like the house music sound the joint. Yeah, and I she, don't know her. why they let that happen. Why would they? Why would her PR let that? They'd be like, no, er, stop that. We need to put it's a different the song. Tales. Up. It's the coattails. They're like, oh, if Beyonce's making a way, she's disrupting, and maybe she'll bring everyone along. But honestly, 
Is that how they, it worked? And it probably felt like, because Meg was a, um, I think it was season two. Was it season one or season two? of um, No, season one, a legendary. She was like a guest, like a judge mm. on it. So it was like she she was around for ballroom culture. So they probably felt like, well, she's already been in ballroom culture, and and you know had them in her like. So they probably like she's already attached to the culture. Let she could do it, but people who don't know by like this is some coattail ride and first Drake, then Beyonce. I um Drake did it first. Azalea Banks did it first. Azalea Banks did it first. Poor Azalea. Did y'all do y'all watch P Valley? No, no, but I want to get don't into watch it. it. I need to get into it. You like P Valley? Uh, so I love you. Like, yeah, I love P Valley. It's so I ain't gonna hold good. You. Is, I love it, is it good? Is it good? It's like, so good. It's good. yeah, is it? It's good I'm on every level. Yes. And we're it's and good. we're we're film the topics people, they right? Topics, yes. characters that are multi layered, nuanced. The yes. the visuals yes. are yes. insane. Yeah, I like, saw the visually, first. Episode of this season where they go into the car wash and I was like, oh yeah. shit! Yes, but yeah, that was a that was yeah. that was a little bizarre uh, beginning. It was more like a fantasy beginning okay. because I was sitting there looking at yeah. it like I get that it's quarantine, but then it was also I mean I have to get too much weight. It was kind of like scamming in the background on it. So I was like, y'all doing all that production for a one one hundred dollar car wash? Like how many cars a day can y'all wash? How much Don't money is coming in this thing, literally? Yeah. No, it's the, it's the same when you would spend in a strip club. If you went to the strip club, you spend at least a minimum. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ooh. but you know, people would be making it rain. I'm Josh. just saying. But I'm saying it was like eight dancers doing full out routines and stuff for one car. So I was like, that little hundred dollars is getting Wait. split. Like, fuck that like, car wash. This is not a sustainable uh, business model. <laughs> Wait a minute. Right, but they were like, scamming. Your profit, scamming your profit margins are too low. But Josh, yeah, I said. Yeah, they they not they doing too much work for too little return. Josh, you dropping a hundred dollars <laughs> at the strip club minimum? You got baby on the way. Don't um, play. I, don't I play do. with us, Josh. <laughs> I haven't been to the strip oh, club right. recently, so I, I will not be spending hundred dollars. Is that, the, is that the going rate? Is that what you have to do when you go in the strip club? Child. No, I said I would say that the times when I did, I think I, I minimum, I max. I think yeah. I spent three. I feel like on you the should. Same girl. At max. It, at three. Internet. You and I uh, used to go to the strip no, clubs. We I were like twenty one years old. We spent like fifteen dollars. But that's their job. Like that is the. Think about it. Like you can't go to the strip club and play and spend. I didn't no say I didn't spend no money. Working. I would get they're the salmon. <laughs> it was delicious. Onyx. Amir, remember Onyx? You're paying the chef. Remember oh, Onyx? They had a delicious salmon. And chicken Listen, wings. People be like, I'm out here showing my coochie. The she wings, the wings are always the specialty. Oh, the wings are always banging. They, and you know what? You know what's weird? Um, strip clubs be having real good Caesar salads, like <laughs> next level ones. Caesar no, salad. No, for real. Like I remember the people. I was at Delilah's and they was like, get the Caesar salad. And I was like, what? And I was like, damn, this is special. It's, it's different. <laughs> like <laughs> I can't believe it. But yeah, nah, is, it depends though. Like Sometimes a... the door, like just at the door in Miami, um, what's the joint? Uh, Eleven. Boob, I Miami. think booby trap or whatever. They it a was a fifty dollar um fifty dollar entrance fee. Never. So you KLB you coming up? They like I, yeah, they like you coming up off some money, and if you can't afford that door, you don't need to come up in here because you ain't trying to spend. Exactly. The, yeah. You know. Shout out to all the ladies and men dropping it like it's hot in the strip clubs. I can't afford to support you. 
I can't afford <laughs> to get in. Shanti and I will just cheer you on. I'll be at the ladies, ladies at four eleven club. I must, I'm gonna spend like a hundred dollars. So I know. Oh, that. you're a little baller. Okay, Shanti. No, I just if I'm gonna go, it's gonna be an event number one because I'm just not gonna. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll just stumble yeah. into a strip club, but it'll be like an intentional thing, and like I'm gonna. I had fun when I went to the strip clubs. I would like to go back to one actually. A Philly one? They're good clubs too. They're like, Maybe not. not what do you clubs. mean by Josh, that, Josh? Let me tell you, Josh got it though. Josh acting like, oh, I only spent. Josh got <laughs> little bread, so he ain't scared to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying, like, like so, like I've had two really good strip club experiences where the, the atmosphere was great. Like regarding, like disregard the dancers. It was very much like um, the music was good, the DJ was good, the food was good, and like the way they had it sectioned out. It was like a great time. And then, you know, you, you have the dancers, and that just makes the much atmosphere better. better. Okay. So, much I remember when, when Onyx first opened, Onyx. Gary was off the chain. It was Onyx Bunny, was Antoinette. It, it was Bunny, Bunny they had, and it was Dirty Diana. Michael Jackson had just died, Y'all know too. Bunny? I said, oh, my God. The white girl with the she short pixie Greek cut. Oh, yeah. She was Bunny, Greek with a big head. <laughs> back then, um, when it first opened, all the dancers from all over was coming. So it was Bunny, Gigi McGuire. Um, then Gigi used to dance with the girl Montana. They used to do like the surfboard routine. Like they kind of created it. But I remember like going and all the girls and they What's was like, come to the stage. Now you, you saying you Beyonce me? and I don't even well, know what oh, it's surfboard. Like, I don't even know what it well, really was. It basically was, um, Gigi would go all the way to the top of the, um, top of the pole and Montana would go and Montana would hold the pole between her thighs and lay flat oh, and Gigi would like put her feet on her like a, like a surfboard and she used to ride her down. And I remember it was just it was crazy because I remember this like Gigi McGuire and that's when I was like shit. So you know this is like mid two thousands and she left with this huge trash bag full of money and she ain't take she just took off her denim shorts wow. and like a sheer shirt. She had a bikini. They're on. Athletes. Yeah, but I was like, but no, all the other girls was getting asshole naked. Yeah. But Gigi just she got that magic. I was just like, damn, this girl like she she left with the most money. And then I saw men like I heard them. They like I'm waiting for Gigi. I'm waiting for Gigi. But I have to tell and you, then, Bunny. Oh no, Bunny was good. But everybody, was, I've never seen when everybody just left the stage as soon as that intro came on. Everybody left the stage, and it was just yeah. this white girl holding it the fuck down. In this black ass strip club to Dirty yeah. Diana. And I remember being like, what? I don't yeah. remember her name, but I remember talking to someone there and being like, are you happy? Girl, you feel that's good. And we were like, bitch, we were having I, a fucking you, I know you're only paying $15 now. No, she was really <laughs> nice to me. We were, we were chopping it up. But like, I was, I was worried about her. I was like, are you good? Are you good? Bunny was doing all right. She was there longer. Like she was, I think Bunny was local, but cause like, after the first couple months, everybody else just went back where they was, Atlanta, because girls came from everywhere, mm. Houston. It was like the new club, and it's probably was part of like the Onyx franchise contract, yeah. like go up there, blow it up. And but then um, come back down. Yeah, it was it was crazy though. I remember when that opened, I was like, oh, and then going back like a rent like a year later and being like, oh, hey, this ain't it no more. Yeah, I remember being there. <laughs> It was stale. Philly ruined it. I was there with it some guy Philly. friends. It was Philly. It and wasn't was, the club. It was $2. Too many <laughs> Philly no, showed yeah. up. It ruined it. And it was $2 Tuesdays. And I remember the girl was dancing and she was just like, you know, you look tired. She was like, and then I remember the guy I was with and he was like, damn, these, these dancers act like they don't want to dance. And we talking regular level. And she said, well, if y'all niggas would throw some money, maybe I want to dance. And I was like, damn, she can hear you. 
And he was like, well, maybe if you shake something, I might throw some money. Like, that was coming back and forth. I was like, oh, this shit done went down with <laughs> Way down with Well, child, speaking of surfboard and things and people disrupting mm-hmm. cultures, Beyonce. You listened to that album, though, didn't you? I did. She got no, in I trouble or people coming for her. I don't know if she's she not in trouble. She don't care. Yeah, yeah. Bishop Patrick. Wooten yeah. said Beyonce didn't stole Ooh. her. She she didn't. Hmm, try it again, Internet. She sold her soul to the devil. I couldn't even get the words out. It was so upsetting to me. So I have to say, I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday. Shocking. And he, he did not disagree with this. And I said, wait. And I'm a member of the Beehive. I don't even like this song. They're talking about Church Girl. I don't even love it that yeah. much. It's a skip for me. That's not. But yes. and, 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 and not that I don't like it. Right. It's just like, it doesn't. It's just like, it ain't got no magic. It's like. That's one of my favorite too. songs. I think Josh, I bet it is. <laughs> I'm learning more and more Josh about is, you. Josh is, Josh is churchy. <laughs> and he, from, he is from New Jersey, too. Oh, you churchy? So, yeah, okay, so church, let's get so into I'm it, Josh. So my friend was saying that he agreed a bit not that she sold her soul but he was just like of course there's going to be backlash about this one he was looking at the lyrics and he's like drop it like a thotty like you're out here telling girls to be thoughts i said i don't think that's really what she's saying i think that she's basically saying i can still be loved by god and dance this way you can call me a thought if you want to like you're missing the point he was like doesn't matter that the people that are listening to are going to take it as drop it like a thotty. They're going to embody these lyrics and, you know, we would be, it would be a disservice for us or dishonest for us to think that Beyonce's influence is not penetrating young girls. And the difference is that Beyonce is married with kids and established and therefore, you know, would never really be viewed as a thought, but these young girls will. So it's, it's detrimental. And I was like, shut up. None of that matters. <laughs> the re- none of it matters. The reason, I mean, the reason why I said I'll give you a little background of how I grew up. I grew, when I say I grew up in the church, I spent Monday through Friday oh. in the church. Like, my grandmother took me there. We opened up church, and we closed wow. it. <laughs> so, like, from a little kid, like, I was in there, I want to say until, like, 13 or 14. My parents would go every Sunday. And I got to a point where, like, I started having sports and stuff like that. So I was like, I, ha- I have to miss church, y'all. Like, I can't be there. I got other obligations. But um, it's it like when you're growing up in the church, it's mad yeah. pressure. Like you can't curse; they don't want you to curse. You gotta live your life a certain way, and you feel like you can't be you and be loved by God. And I feel like in Beyonce's church girl was very much like, be who you want to be. He gonna love you regardless. You know what I'm saying? Like there shouldn't be like stipulations on God's love in that type of opinion. But that's again, that's my yeah, interpretation right. of it, and that's how I live my life. Well, you're Lord, having a so. child. How would you feel if your could your child yeah. listen to Church Girl with Drop It Like a Thotty? Yes, she can. She can listen wow. to Church Girl with Drop It Like a Thotty. Um, her mom would very much be like, yes, yeah, <laughs> okay. she can as well. And I bought three of them Beyonce boxes, you so did? she better Josh, put on her little Beyonce. <laughs> First of all, that's a let me let me tell you. So <laughs> I bought. I bought my oh she's my fiance. fiance what, what? Now. So bought my fiance uh Beyonce box. She bought herself one and then she bought her sister one. So I came home to three Beyonce boxes sitting on her. my couch. And I was like, okay, what are in these boxes? Tell me why it's a t-shirt with <laughs> different Beyonce poses and a physical disc, a CD in That's each it. one. That was a million dollars. Got him. 
Listen. Beyonce. <laughs> I was like, she got me, but you know, we gonna wear these shirts. She did like, sell her like soul to the devil. No. Capitalist devil. Wow. <laughs> I think I think also what she was speaking to in that was the energy and the embodiment and the freedom that you feel when you're free in the church, whether you're shouting or you're feeling the music or you're feeling the Holy Ghost is not separate from the freedom that you feel when music you're on the dance floor and you're you're mm. the music overtakes you and you just she what does she say I'm not trying to hurt nobody I'm just have I would just want you to be in your body like it's an it's an energetic mm-hmm. embodiment that whether you have the holy ghost or you dancing on the floor it's not neither one or are sexual I think like if you really are embodied in it it's one thing if you shaking your ass to perform and you're you're doing it for the pleasure of somebody else versus you just in your body shaking your ass because you're feeling it you're over you're overwhelmed with a sense of freedom which I feel like in the church is the like how can you separate those things how is one holy and one isn't holy do you think that the average person get is taking that away from it well, for the yeah. average young person? Because that's I the question the average, is like, are people getting they, that? In the, in the one part of it, she got that one lyric. She say, um, I was born free. Mm-hmm. And for me, that redeemed whatever yeah. people probably can say about the song. Yeah. But like, young people are different nowadays. Like they are, they're not... And then some are being groomed and to think of different ways and to still keep the, the stupid, you know, patriarchy and all that shit together. But, like, these kids up here twerking on the handstand. And then you can't tell them. They be like, okay. And, and when you, because when you see a lot of, like, some cultural African dances, they, they're cultural dances. They mm-hmm. are, like, literally, they, they twerk. They freed up. And you're just yeah. like, why? Why are we so, we taught to be so ashamed of our bodies. And, like, my one friend, she's her daughter. And she was kind of like, she was always really strict on her. And I guess she's like 19 now. But I used to just be like, but she could watch every Marvel movie in the world where you see cities getting blown to bits. But anything with sexuality is or mm. sex, it's like, it's so taboo. Like, we all, sex got us all here. Why are we so, we want to shame it so much. You know what I mean? But it's like. I don't know. He talking about she sold her soul. I'm like, God. I don't know. It's just, and it's funny because the men talking all types of stuff on their songs, they never really put that on them. Right. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. Another person disrupting <laughs> the culture. Y'all know the cussing pastor? That's what he calls himself. <laughs> I remember him. So the cussing <laughs> pastor is defended Beyonce. You ever heard of him, Tosh? Oh, baby, no, I got a video for you. He is funny. <laughs> he's funny, but he's defending her. He was like, one, you can't sell a soul because it don't even belong to you. It belong to God. Two, Ooh. the best, he was like, the best, <laughs> um, what do you say? The best sex I ever got was from girls in the con- congregation. <laughs> and he was going in and he was like, we not talking about how half of these pastors is just saying that Beyonce sold a soul, got four or five kids in the congregation that they hiding. We not talk like he was going in. He was talking about the money within the church, the mega churches, just all of the hypocrisies. He was like, you want to talk about Beyonce? Shut up. But he's cussing while he's doing it, and it's pretty great. So I appreciate <laughs> the cussing pastor because I feel like he's delivering the that. message in a way that I can really, I can really grasp it. I can comprehend his message. Josh. You can't help but laugh because I mean he he be harsh. 
Maybe well, like they want to talk about me. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. Yeah. I'm up here. <laughs> no, you got to just YouTube the cussing pastor. On. He's hilarious. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Yes. Um, in other news, actually, I want Shanti, go to the beauty standards one. So recently, somebody that's disrupting, and I love her. I uh, Similar to Megan Thee Stallion, I have mad love for her, but I don't yeah. listen to her music all that often. But Doja Cat, Doja Cat went and done shaved off her hair and her eyebrows. <laughs> and went online. I think she shaved it online in front of all of her fans on an Instagram live. And so she went on live again to kind of explain herself and also tell people to check themselves because since she shaved her head, everybody is DMing her from her fans to friends of her past, people that are close to her being like, are you okay? You know, and putting on this stigma of crazy and, you know, she's thrown off now. And she Shanti, was just talking about... if you shaved your head and shaved off your eyebrows, I would reach out. Shaved her head and shaved off your eyebrows. <laughs> just let you know. While she was doing it, she was talking about how freed up she felt, how enslaved she was to her hair, how ridiculous it was. We talked about this last podcast about how she used to have braids, then a weave cap, then a weave, mm. and then a beanie on top of her head. And she was like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like that in itself makes absolutely no sense how enslaved we are to our, our hair and this idea of beauty doing crazy shit like that which restricts your lifestyle, which makes you feel like you're in cage. She couldn't enjoy herself. And so she freed herself up. Also, Doja Cat is weird. Like, I don't, I don't like the word weird, but like yeah. she has a song about being a cow. 
moo. Like she's yeah, always how, that. That was her break. Been yeah. eclectic and strange, and nobody said anything. But once she kind of like divested from the long hair and the weave, and like our standards of what beauty is, everybody's like, "Girl, are you okay?" And I, I think that I just want to know what you guys. think think about that first okay it is shocking in a way but i think she she's shaking up what beauty standards are and also the way that women are enslaved black right. women in particular to their hair mm-hmm. is and to just being a sexual kind of can i just say she also tweeted i won a grammy and traveled the fucking globe i've had a number one i've had a number one album and went platinum and she said i make hit after hit after hit and you all want me to look fuckable so you can go stroke your dicks basically go fuck yourselves and i'm not mad at that she's like i'm not doing this so that i can get your approval so that you can want to have sex with me like i'm off that that's not i'm not living here so that i can be look fuckable for you, which I appreciate. Listen, but I go love ahead. It. I I really appreciate it because it's like they just make you so beholden to like. Well, but don't you want to look attractive mm-hmm. for someone? And you're like, but y'all men don't gotta do all that. Y'all don't gotta wear a stitch of makeup. Y'all don't. It's not much that y'all have to physically do to be considered attractive. Like we like you. You're more on a come as you are type vibe as far as, and then there's like, you know, hygiene and those things. Right. And like grooming, basic stuff. But like they expect women to just always be on. And especially in the industry, cause it's like they make them a product. But I think mm. I do get why people probably were like nervous because of like the Britney thing when Britney Spears shaved the yeah. head and they was like, are you going wacko? But like, look, India Ari shaved her head after a while, and she, you know, she already had I'm not my hair, and then she shaved it all off because she's just like I'm tired. You know what I mean? I want a different look, and I understand Doja because she. It's also like you become. It's a thing of being unpredictable. Like I don't have to show up how you expect. Mm-hmm. Like she said, I, my my accolades are there because mm-hmm. somebody. I remember like that whole. Like, Doja Cat used to get so, like, she used to be such a troll online, right? But then it used to be, like, where she would be on things, and all her comments would be white boys in there telling them, show us your tits, show us your tits, show us your tits. Like, you know what I mean? And she used to be like, oh, my God, that joke is so old. Like, I'm trying, I'm just here talking, and then all y'all do is sexualize mm-hmm. me, you know? So I I get it. Yeah, she's Josh, like, I want to ask you, like, is that true that men don't have that? Because we're not men. Is it true that men don't have that... Um, that kind of pressure to show up a certain way and look a certain way and a certain standard of um, beauty? I think we have the pressure. I just think that we can flip it. So we'll very much be like, you know, if we're not, if somebody's not attracted to us, it's like, oh, you ugly anyway. So we flip it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, I feel like that's how people, like, men hide it. Like, we, I think we have our, like, you know, we can acknowledge when another man is like, oh, he's, a, he's an attractive dude. Like, he looks what are good, the ways? Right? In, can I just add? Because I, I, I really want to understand. What are the ways yeah. that, um, what are the ways that you feel like you have, like, that you have to show up in order to be considered an attractive, handsome man? Yeah, I think there's the pressure of, and I don't even know if that, maybe it's just like the, I guess, the circle that I'm around sometimes. Like, for us, it's just like, you know, you want to be presentable at all times. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to, look like you just got out the bed and being in public kind of walking around at least that's how I was kind of raised mm-hmm. you know what I mean so um I would say like shower <laughs> hygiene 
like, you know, try to keep up with your hair if you can, like, get haircuts from your face type of thing. Um, and just look presentable. Don't kind of be sloppy, if that makes okay. sense. Okay, it's giving basic. Yes. I heard you. I don't want to dismiss what you're saying. <laughs> no, but no, so yeah, there, there isn't basic, like a, <laughs> oh, my body has to look a certain way. I need to be tall. I need to a certain stature. Uh, no. I'm sure some people feel that. Got I don't, I don't okay. <laughs> So what are yeah. your thoughts on this? Um, I think my thoughts on it are very much that Doja should do what she wants to do, honestly. Like, she should have the ability to do that. Um, I do think that men specifically hypersexualize all women. So, like, especially in the entertainment industry, it's always sex sales, but, like, they don't want to be sex all the time. There's so many other things that you're going to offer. And I'm happy you brought up India Ari because I feel like that's the first time, like, I, first time for me when I being a child at the time, like, that was the first time I heard somebody put out music about, like, empowerment where it wasn't just about, like, you know, Lil' Kim or Foxy or any of them. Not discounting what they were saying, because I think they were empowered in their own way. But, like, it was the first time where it was like, you know, I am not my hair, like you said. And then, like, um, love and, and, and from a perspective where it was like, you know, I'm a person and this is a person. But look what you know? happened to India. The what industry happened to India? The industry ate they her drove her out. She left. Yeah, they drove her out. Because the industry's an, a machine. I, I'm, I'm saying all the time, I'm crazy, but like the industry's a machine to a certain extent. You know, they know what sells. Yeah. Sex sells. Uh, beauty standards sell. Like all that stuff sells. Controversy sells. Yeah. Truth and like actual self empowerment starting to sell, but it's not like it's not going to blow up. So, how do up. we disrupt that? Do we just support Doja even more? Like, what do we do? I feel like she undeniable though. Like the music she like the music she make, bang. You know what I mean? Because even when they were trying to say, oh, whoo. And 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 it's like we grew up with Janet. We grew up with Michael. You know, yeah. we got Beyonce. We got Chris Brown. People with extremely tight performances. So when we see people in award shows and it ain't really tight, we know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Doja mm-hmm. definitely her stuff be tight, and she be having amazing stage concepts and. Yeah, she kind of yeah. undeniable. But so was and Britney. You know, I mean, they yeah. broke her. Though. Her family. I feel like Britney's family yeah. tore her. Yeah, it was from the they inside just, out. Tore mm, her up. They. I feel like they. They just financially, like her own family, saw her as a product that has to keep producing. But it's like she's not a Wheaties box. You know what I mean? Like she's not an endless photo op. They um, and you know, but one thing I can say about Doja too is like. Boy, she's on an amazing management team. Mm. Like she's on that XO team, the same team that the weekend has. You know what I mean? They're like that same they put real budgets behind their artists. They they know how to market the artists. It's kinda like even back to like Beyonce, but the one thing like people always talk about Beyonce and she's this, she's that, she sold her soul. What we really are witnessing with Beyonce is somebody who's had amazing contracts the whole way through. Hmm. Beyonce, I remember hearing one time where they were talking about, um, I'm trying to think if it was she was on Sony Rock Nation. They were saying, Beyonce, you two, and there was another act. I can't remember, but it was another one on Big Global X. They were the ones, their tours and their sales were carrying pretty much the whole company. Mm. And it's like, so they give, they're going to put everything they got behind her. But she's she's had great deals throughout, and some people just... You know, you just get shitty deals and it affects everything. And then it's just like the marketing and how much marketing is a label putting behind you. It's, it's so many factors as to why we like the industry pushed them out and they, they will starve you out sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's and sometimes the, those big acts for their needs, 
there's a lot of X underneath them that get cut from the label because they financially are reallocating funds to that because they know that is the one that gets the money. So it's just like... So they almost did it to Frank, too. Frank Ocean? To Frank Ocean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they almost pushed Frank out, too. But he got out of his deal. I, I don't know all the intricacies of it, but ASAP Rocky described it in an interview yeah. and just spoke about like how he had to put out an album. He ended oh, up right. putting out Endless. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if you yeah, guys are familiar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he put out Endless, and that was like a way to yeah. cop out of his, you know, his... his album requirement so he could do blonde so wow like De La Soul a a few artists they ended up getting into those album requirements and see Frank was smart because he put out (laughs) he was just like here you go take it and they just was like this ain't what we want but it fulfills the obligation so then you gotta let me free but some artists they had four more albums and that but they also cared about the art and everybody I, I don't know about their uh, they with how much they can say about their deal, right? So maybe they didn't want to just put out something quick, fast, and be like, here, my dear, and then hit everybody over the head with some amazing independent art. I don't know. Frank is one of the... I love Frank Ocean. He is... His music is brave. He makes brave He's music. He's a great, amazing like, writer. Performer, not so much. I wouldn't want to go see a Frank yeah. Ocean live, <laughs> but that man... Ooh... Love him. I would I would go see him live just to sing along, but like his his yeah. his like I remember my son. He's not really a, a like a fan of jazz, but I remember him saying that he said Frank Ocean sings like jazz, and I thought about it. I'm like, it's so improvisational. Like his choruses, even he never sings them the same twice on any record. It's just like damn, he do what he want to do, and the the, the songs, the, the way they build, and we love you, Frank. Amazing music. Yeah, man, come on and come back. Come back, do a show somewhere. I have a, um, a, a a different topic where I um, would like the culture to be preserved. Yes. Kenya Burris is directing a remake of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and I don't know if you all are aware about the big debate on it. this <laughs> podcast. Oh, geez. But The Wizard of Oz is near and dear to my heart, to my white heart. And <laughs> which the original yeah, Wizard, of like the Wizard of Oz. I, I just want to make sure was the quiz, and it wasn't good. I'm doubling yeah. down. You ain't you ain't like the flying Ooh, monkeys. Okay, you ain't right. like the flying monkeys in the woods. <laughs> <You know, laughs> I just felt like the was the Wizard of Oz is to me, it's a masterpiece. I don't know. I get it. I get inclusion is a thing. I think he's gonna do well. I'm just. What are we doing here? First of all, my main thing, I don't have any beef with Kenyon. I just don't want... Why do we need a remake of The Wizard of Oz? Well, by, Leave why it. Why Kenya? That's why I think. Can't, why no, Kenya? Well, why can't he do it? Because at first, I had to catch my implicit bias. I said, wait, why are you mad? Because you're afraid he's going to turn into the witch just because he's black? That's not right now. He can make The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> can he? And it could be wonderful. Yeah. I just... Leave it. Uh, oh my God! It's Judy Garland. Leave it alone. You know they're gonna put some alone. black characters in there, Antoinette. That's you know fine. It. That doesn't bother me. Black characters in The Wizard of Oz doesn't bother me. But leave the story alone. Don't try. Don't. Don't. I got just, just as mad when they were trying to talk about, and they are still doing it, remaking White Man Can't Jump. Like, leave it alone. We don't need that. Come up with something new. That that was an interesting choice. That I don't know if Kenya is a world builder. I don't know if he's the best. Like, The Wizard of Oz is a fantastic world. And I don't know if he's the nigga to, like, do that. Who could have done it? I don't know.
know, mm. but Kenya. <laughs> I, I said this I just, equity and inclusion has gone too goddamn far. Okay. I just get tired of people remaking everything. It's like there's yeah. so many stories out there. Like there's there's some stories. It's funny I was on the phone with my cousin the other day, and we were talking like um yeah you know, she went to NYU for film, and she's a lot of people in her class like Chloe Zhao who's um Nomadland like you know what I mean mm. um uh was it. I always get them mixed up because I know one, the, the one who did uh, King Richard was that Ronaldo. I don't know their oh. names, child. I can't remember, but his but his brother they went to NYU together. But like he had a film years ago called Gun Hill Road, and it was about this la- like Latino kid in New York who was transitioning, and this was probably like 20, ooh, 2012, 2014, something like that. It was way ahead of its time. If it came out now, it probably would sweep the awards, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, I'm more interested in that getting a reissue or like a re-release than like, why the, the Wizard of Oz? Like, it's been done. It went to the Wiz and you had freaking Michael Jackson and Diana Ross in it. And it still like, wasn't Like, do we need good. to see another iteration? Come on now, <laughs> stop. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's not the fact that it's good. being redone. It's just that, why Kenya? I don't get I, it. For me, it's the fact that it's being redone. And I get they probably want to make it modern and a new generation. But I'm like, man, it's other stories to tell. There are other stories. I was like, we got some, we got some new technology. Though. I would like to see the uh, the Wizard of Oz. I'm sorry, the Wizard of Oz with like the new CGI and stuff. I think that'd be a horse cool. of wow. a different color. Let me tell you a story about a horse of a different color. Uh-oh. My dad and mom, when they were growing up watching the Wizard of Oz, never understood why they called it a horse of a different color. Because they had black and white televisions and they didn't have color TV. So they never saw the (laughs) fantastical world of like the wizard, like when they got to the actual city and all of the colors changed and they were still fascinated by the film. And I remember watching it with them growing up and they were like, this is really different in color. This is amazing. It's just so good. Kenya... I don't know. I don't know, guys. <laughs> it really upset me. So, you know, I guess he's a disruptor, and I don't like it. going to be whizzish. Disturbing the peace. <laughs> whizzish. <laughs> whizzish. Whizzish. Shut up. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> like, I, I, I just get tired of stuff. And you know what? I remember when they were doing, you know, the new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and I was kind of like, oh, come on. It was good as hell. Oh, I didn't watch it. But was it? It was good. Mm-hmm. It really was. It exceeded my expectations. But it's like, man, like, everything don't need a redo. I remember talking about, I, now, I don't mind certain things having a reboot. Like, yes, where are the characters now? Oh, you know? Okay. This time has passed, right? Like, we don't need a different world redo. That was a, per- like, the show was in there perfect. Yeah. But a reboot, yeah, seeing Whitley and, uh, Oh, have you, you seen know, Whitley? Dwayne. We don't need to see Whitley. <laughs> that was me. Unless, uh, I apologize. And that's, no, and that's, and that's hard because she was so much older than the rest of the cast and now was caught up. Oh, yeah. right. you know I mean? Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. She was, I wasn't even talking was about her age. I was talking about what she did to herself. I wish she would have just aged. Just age. Wait, did she do something? Girl, Girl, take a look at take a look. Google it. Where you Google it? <laughs> Go, I mean, Google she's Whitley. she's wrinkly. No, but she's been wrinkly for a it's long time. It's not wrinkly. <laughs> it's like a wrinkle pulled back. It's like oh. Uh, oh. 
Because, you know, she started, like, be, being wrinkly, like, in the 90s. <laughs> well, that was the 80s through the 90s. No, like, early 2000s. I'm people wrinkly. Was trash. No, you that. So, they probably was, like... That's a respect they probably Jasmine, said, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Shout out to Jasmine guy, but, you know. But, yeah, like, I, I, I'd be interested in a reboot, but, like, of a lot of things. You I know would what like I mean? to see but, the... Love Jones. What the fuck happened to Darius yes. and Nina? Yeah. Did y'all make it? Yes. And That's they still one. fine. We can see it. Y'all, fine. it. y'all still. They made it. They make it. I don't think Darius and Nina made it. I don't think they make it. Unpopular opinion. Nina was batshit crazy, and he shouldn't have taken her back. I said it, and I meant it. I don't think no. Darius. No, really no I practice always... meticulous honesty with one another, and then it would work. No, out. I always felt like that about that movie <laughs> because I was just like, they go to therapy. I was like, sis, you you up here dating this friend. <laughs> And you came to a party and you you acting shocked that the rest of the friend group that you met through him is there. Says, wake up. Say it again. And then and then, like, and then he made sure you got home safely after she was like, take me home. And he was like, walk. I said, yes. that's what you get, dummy. And then it's like, Ari, and you was in and you got with old boy again, or you, you know, entangled, and then you're mad you're seeing him with someone else, but you ghosted him. So it was just you like the whole thing. You ghosted him to like go this. deal with she your fiance. She told fiance. him. She told him, and he did. He didn't show how he really felt. Like, why are you going? Where are you going? And then she got offended. Like, oh, this nigga don't fucking care about me. So terrible I'm gonna go do what I gotta do. Meticulous honesty. They should have just been honest. They didn't make <laughs> they it. They didn't make it. They had their kiss in the rain, but they did not make it. I agree. And I think was what was the other guy do was beating on a drum? Did his wife and the he friend? make it? I think they made it. I think Ooh. they reeled it in. I just because he he came back home and they kissed. That was one of them. Like, all right, let me stop acting crazy. Yeah, if I lose it all, I think they reeled it in. Because he already they already made the commitment. You know what I mean? So I think they did, and they had a family. You know, niggas yeah. don't give a like, fuck about don't family love and me. commitment. What you talking about? <laughs> don't be I think he came back home and realized that don't nobody love him. <laughs> You do realize we have a man yeah. on this podcast right now. I'm not right saying now. you in particular, but some niggas don't. Josh, I have complete faith in you. I met your, yeah, your, Listen, your partner. I appreciate that. I'm rooting but for I, y'all. I, I, you was raised in the church. You know good you. and bad. You ain't out here. Josh, how did you know Dipping that your lady was your wife? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> better answer it right um, next episode. I, I, I know. I've had answers. I, I, I feel like... So she, we've known each other for That's a long, a long time. time. So I've known her since uh, she's known. We know each other since Aww. middle school, elementary school, technically. Oh, see, yeah, yeah, we know each other for a long time. Um, but we, you know, we went our separate ways for a while. We didn't date and or talk like that during that time. It was kind of just very much like hi. That's that's it. Um, went away from each other. Reconnected when I moved back home two three years ago, um, and we started hanging out, friends basis, you know built our friendship um during that time period of friendship i think i knew i I literally kind of looked at her one day and was like this is it it's all i need i'm cool like this is this is what i want so you was playing the friend um, friend game you was waiting no we were genuinely you you might have genuinely (laughs) been friends but she was like oh i'm your friend but you're gonna be my wife on the low wow exactly (laughs) exactly yeah yeah. oh that's sweet hear that Ah, niggas ain't shit damn. though. Niggas ain't shit. I was about to say, hear <laughs> that, y'all. There's hope. I say yes. Mm-hmm. 
know. She will tell, she'll come down here and tell you right to the camera. He not shit. So. You said what? Oh, yeah. Oh, listen. Man. No, Josh is a great guy. And I knew when I first met his, um, his fiance, I was like, bruh, what's going on with y'all? And he was like, you know, I'm thinking we should be in a relationship. I said, you dumb. You going, I said, you going, you going to miss out. What's wrong with you? I, I tell a lot of my guy friends, I'll be like, you going to miss your blessing in life because you, you want to be single, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Like, bruh, don't, don't play yourself. You know what I mean? Oh. And then it's the best thing that ever happened to him. Shout out to love. Shout out to love. It, might, it, it feels like when the wiz, Wizard of Oz turns into color. You know? That must have been what it yeah. felt like when you were looking at your fiancé. The world was gray and black and white, and then it turned and then it was like color in HD. Of a different color. All right. Yeah. Politics is usual. <clears throat> Liz Cheney, baby. Liz, Lizzie Liz, is about, by the time this episode comes out, she would have lost her seat. <laughs> That's not funny. But she lost her seat as a result of, you know, putting, quote unquote, country first and really going after Trump. And this Republican Party is wildly still the party of Donald Trump. And so Donald Trump won in Wyoming, where she's fighting for her congressional seat that she will lose. Um, And he won that like by a landslide. So she knew the risk. Not that, again, I do not agree with Liz Cheney on policy. She votes in line with Donald Trump on almost everything. But she she dug her heels in on the whole insurrection. She said, all right, you got to go. So my question is, like, she's disrupting the culture or trying to disrupt the culture, but she's about to lose. I mean, she'll have a book club or a book club. (laughs) She'll have a book deal, I'm sure. And she's considering running for president. Not that she even thinks she would win, but people in the inside of her camp are saying that she wants to run just to divide the Republican Party vote. So Donald Trump does not get reelected because he is going to run. So she's willing to go through all of the jump through all those hoops just so he doesn't get reelected. So what do we think about this? Is she disrupting the culture or is she just self-sacrificing like a mug? Or is it the same thing? I think it's probably the same thing. They, Because a lot of those Republicans, they're going to die on the hill of Trump, Child. even though it's, it's, it's really insane. Like, it's really... They just be going off. But I think it's, I think it's both. And I think it's needed. Like, if she's going to try to divide their party just to, just so that he doesn't, it could take his votes away, like some from him. Because it's like, yo, he's committed so many damn crimes. I'm like, what's going on with this whole investigation? Like, you know what I mean? Like, get... By the boxes. <laughs> treason. Baby. Yeah, it's like, come, come on. <laughs> you know, it just, he, I mean, he exposed him, his, his, when he was running, his presidency... He exposed every every lie about any type of meritocracy, Ooh. every lie about you got to face the music, and, and if you do a crime, you should be... He just committed crime after crime in front of the world and said, come and get me. And they said, oh, we might. He's a thug. <laughs> like, yeah. He's, a, he's like, the ultimate damn. gangster. I'll give him that. He is. He don't like, give a fuck. But that's the thing. We get caught up talking about Trump. But it's like, how do you take a force like that down? How do you disrupt that? Because again, she's been to lose. I think, 
her seat I think gone. it's around integrity. <laughs> I think sometimes disrupting the culture is going against what everybody's doing and being mm. that canary in the coal mine and yeah, being maybe hopefully that one Jenga piece that topples it over at least makes a um, a dent or, or yeah, disrupts or makes some kind of cut conversation or disables in, in some kind of way. I think it's necessary, even if it's too, even if you're an unsung hero in it, I feel like having integrity in that way um, is super important. And hopefully wonder, she gives like, other had, people the, the courage to do the same or to back her. I don't know. Has there been, like, numbers done on, like... Because I, I know, like, there is some Republicans who are scared to death of another Trump presidency, too. Oh, yeah. Like, do they have, like, a, like a, a sense on, like, what percentage of the party? No, you know? because like, they won't speak out. That That's the thing is that Republicans, they don't disrupt. They fall in line. Yeah. Republicans fall in line. There might be conversations in the background, but if they feel like they're one that they're going to lose the reelection and lose power, then they're like, why would I? I mean, why would they ever? Let me finish my statement because I keep doing that. Why would I ever speak out about this in public? <laughs> yeah, of course. You know how many? There's no way that Lindsey Graham actually believes the things that he's saying about Trump. That. The, when Trump was running, he called him all kinds of names. He called him an idiot, an imbecile, or this or that. And now, it's as if he's ne- he's never said it. They played him video, and he was and he was like, "Oh, that was that's very old. Why are you bringing up old things? We need to talk about policy today." And it's like, wait, what? So they don't believe what they're saying. They just they're a part of the machine, and that's that. A unified front. Damn, it, it, it's interesting because it's like they put on this unified front and they 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 pump a bunch of ideals about like hyper individualism mm-hmm. to everyone else, but they clearly they don't live it. They like nope, we're gonna have this mm-hmm. unified front. We're gonna make this super pack, and this is how we retain what we have. But it's like Jesus. Yeah, that's why I think it's so interesting how, especially this summer, you really saw democracy. The, not saying it's the listen I don't want to say democracy work but democracy at work because mm-hmm. the democratic party does not fall in line baby they be fighting <laughs> Joe Manchin, <laughs> Kristen Cinema, uh, AOC Bernie well, they go in on each other like I don't fucking agree right and so you saw that kind of compromise happen but it, the legislation still fell short I think of what a lot of Americans really want and really need. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, well, you need a disruptor. But if you have a disruptor, mm-hmm. you're just disrupting. We're not getting anything done the way that things are set up. So this concept of, of disruption like is one that's very interesting to me. <laughs> Here you go, Sounds Shanti. like a failed system that just <laughs> seems a bit inefficient and... and I mean, what's the other... uh, Yeah, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but it's like, you know, what's the other alternative? It's definitely in disruption. It's definitely in disruption. Yeah, we gotta gotta fix it at some point. It's gotta get fixed, because it's... I I hate getting this bag, but it's something that was created, Mm -hmm. like, years ago, and we have amendments to it that need to continue Mm -hmm. to be amended. So it's like... The, the Trump stuff, Trump has got what he, he, he's he got. And honestly, you know, I think he's just being himself and everybody else is just following it. 
But um, as the system is just Shanti. broken, so we gotta fix it. We gotta disrupt the system. Shanti. They didn't even have telephones then, and we we following a three hundred year old government girl for an, an <laughs> extremely modern world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like we're dealing with like that was an in ink the middle pen. of food. <laughs> They had a feather on it. They had a ballpoint pen. They had a quill. 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 They had a I'm really excited about this. Ben and Jerry, the ice cream. I did. That's why I'm very happy. Ben and Jerry, the ice cream company that we know, we all know them for being very vocal around social justice, Black Lives Matter. They have all types of titles and cute names for the um, missions and social causes they want to see uplifted. Um, But Ben and Jerry's is... A business, and they were bought in the 90s by Unilever, and they have yes. been catching a lot of flack, especially around Black Lives Matter, from um, other social justice movements around their involvement in Israel. So Ben & Jerry's produces some of their product in Israel, occupied Israel basically, or occupied Palestine. Palestine. And so people have been, you know, dinging them. A lot of their board members, they have a really interesting um, arrangement now. Although they have been bought by Unilever, Ben & Jerry's has a a board committee that still makes sure and ensures that the values of the business are upheld. And that's like a really unique kind of like business arrangement, kind of unheard of in terms of like a bigger corporation buying a smaller business. And so a lot of the board members are like, hey, you talking to shit, but you still have ties with Occupy Palestine. And so the board members have asked that they stop offering and producing Ben and Jerry's in Israel, which is occupied Palestine, which is by the United Nations, is rightfully owned by Palestine. Even the United Nations have um, defined it as such. And they are suing Unilever because they were like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Your missions and all that were real, real cute over here. But around this subject, you can't touch it and so they're actually going to court now it's kind of like a David and Goliath type of situation where they're like no we said what we said these are our missions these are our values we want it out of here they're getting of course accused of anti-semitism um just yeah just it's anti-semitic it's anti-semitic that they don't want their stuff to be sold in an illegally occupied right Palestine, like, that's crazy. I hope it gets uh, attention in the same way that all of their Black Lives Matter, you know, flavors and all that shit, you know, got caused a wave. And I hope people really, all of the customers push back. That's a super, um, what's the word, super polarized opinion for the masses. So Mm -hmm. it probably won't be. I was actually shocked that it was on uh, the the news network that it was on but shout out to them 
And now I, I fully Shout support Ben and Jerry's now. Oh, see? How <laughs> did you, Ben and Jerry's? <laughs> you said it with your chest, <laughs> and I respect you now. Even if you lose, like, I respect you. And I feel yeah. like that um, is a great... Sh- it just it shows the possibilities even in business, right? Even yes. the importance of upholding your values and your mission and going to war to, to do it against really, really powerful people. Really powerful people. Governments, shout even. To, so shout, shout out, out to, to them. Disruptors. Fucking it That's up. I'm go buy me some Chunky and, Monkey and, and now. Girl, I, <laughs> I I don't know when it happened, like a, a month or two, and I don't really do dairy, but they, they strawberry cheesecake ice cream got me in a headlock. Girl, they got this it, vegan <gasps> ice cream, too? It's so good. You know they, they have got vegan, vegan ice, ice cream, cream, right? But they don't. But they ain't got the strawberry oh, cheesecake no. one yet on it, and it, it's that one. Oh. I'd be like, if I don't got it, I, I go go puff. Like, give me two of them. Bring them here now. Wow. <laughs> like it's bad. But I, you know, it's. I feel like Palestinian liberation is something that needs to trend more among Black people in America. Because mm. um, you know, like until we're all free, none of us are free, and they're so like. It's really when you like when people learn about it, it's almost unbelievable. Like, oh, so people got to elect based off of religious preference to just be able to displace whole populations of people, and there's been a whole genocide there, mm-hmm. and the the territory's been cut back. So it's just like they were just bombed. It's almost like unreal. A, three weeks ago, there was a bomb, and like 134 people were killed, and over a quarter of them were children. Like, what? Oh. Yes, and it's so. It's so been so indoctrinated here about like what's been going on. What they'll talk about it, and they're like, oh yeah. And, and when you look at it, you're like, this was not until not until the '70s. Like Israel did not exist, but you displace people who've been there for like their families have roots there hundreds of years, thousands of years, and you just push them right to the edge, and then you bomb them and literally come to their door and say, well, this is our home now. You got to go. Like it's it's really. But I don't think enough of our folks here know. Well, and that, that we pay for it, that our government pays for that as well. And then there's this contradiction exactly. between, like, Ukraine, where we're like, we are stopping that from happening for them going to occupy these, you know, sovereign people. But also, here's $4 billion a year to keep these Palestinian people checked. So, yeah. tricky. Tricky. Yeah, Israel, it was people. founded in 1948. So, it's a, it's a baby. Oh, baby, baby, yeah. baby, baby. Tricky. So we gotta rep. We gotta rep Ben and Jerry's, y'all. Shout out to I'm them. I'm already repping them. I got it in my freezer. I don't know. I don't know what we should do because Benjamin the, and Jerry can make. If good the company, cream, the big company wins, then they're they're making all. It's tricky. Then but they're making the money. Then well, I might we, just have to let it go. We just got to Like I did that with one of my favorite hummuses. They Me they too. wouldn't leave Israel. Uh huh. And I was just like, I just I love it though. They call them out of olive one. Mm-hmm. Whatever it's called. Mm. I passed it in the store and I'll be looking at yeah, it like, sorry. I'm sorry, baby. I just can't. <laughs> I, I had to let it go like a couple years ago. And it just. I think that's an, DM'd me, like, an important segue of, um, I think oftentimes if I, when I hear of being a disruptor, when I think about being a disruptor of culture, right? I think that it could possibly feel a little daunting. <laughs> And feel like, oh, that's that's a uh, that's giving a lot. I don't know if I can do all of that. But I think even in a macro level of stepping past that, you know, <laughs> that hummus, 
that you know is not in alignment with who you are. I feel like as I think we can sit down and commit ourselves or recommit ourselves to disrupting things that feel inauthentic, feel like they need to be changed and feel wrong. And I'm challenging and, and inviting everybody that listens to this podcast to find ways to do that in their daily lives. Stop paying your taxes. Oh. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that. I was talking about the taxes. Stop paying taxes. They're going to get that money regardless. Fuck shit up. <laughs> I said, I, Damn. I it like really would. <laughs> all your bridges so. and shit would fall apart every day the fuck else. So, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, stop paying taxes. The majority of the money is going to bridges. Yeah, you know, Social Security chalked, Medicare chalked, you know. But it could. I mean, of course, if you had demands. Right? Like, if there are demands being had, why not? Like, what, what, what is it if we don't... Taxes where is our power? It's a lot of other things besides... I understand the, that. But if you have demands they, of, like, I'm giving get, you this money and I don't want it to fund the war in Ukraine or I don't want it to fund oh, the you, oppression of the Palestinians... that money... You ain't got no fucking well, say. No, Shut up. That has they to be. They could do all the corporate welfare, and they could they could fund everything through all the corporate loopholes and, and welfare. Like the NFL does not pay taxes. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're a nonprofit. Yeah. Which is so it's wild. like New York, isn't it? <laughs> but y'all want to take thirty percent of my income, right? And I'm barely making it. I'm B. What is it? BMI. Barely making it. Like. <laughs> They make me mad. I be looking at that like... It's tricky. Oh. I just want y'all to know if you stop paying your taxes, they will come take your shit. So don't listen to that. I'm, I'm, about to become a so- I'm about to become a sovereign individual. <laughs> become a Moor. A Moor? be like, oh, we're, we're just... Yeah, become a Moorish American. I'm going to be like, nope, I'm a sovereign. I'm a sovereign individual. They still going to get it. They going to get it. I'm being court. Yeah. Or I'm going to try to go on a vacation and then be like, I'm stuck at the airport. They say my passport ain't no good. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I'm stuck. You ever seen when people just start those movies where like you hold up your ID and then your face just starts disappearing? That's what's going to start happening. You're just like, mm. I'm erased. What the fuck? I don't exist. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, we are nearing the end of our episode and y'all cannot leave without our rapid doing our rapid fire questions. This mm. is tradition here at Around the Way Curls. Shanti, would you like to please give these fine folks the rundown on how rapid fire questions work you have three questions to answer excuse me you have three seconds to answer the questions there's no need for you asking any questions explaining yourself you just choose one of the two options and you can't not answer it (laughs) so good luck and i'm excited to hear your all right so amira you answer first and then josh you follow up and quick, rapid fire, all right? Three seconds. Aye. All right. Aye. <clears throat> Malcolm or Martin? Malcolm. Generational Martin. wealth or familial happiness? Oh, familial happiness. Generational Jay wealth. Jay or Nas? Ooh, Jay. Mac or Jay. Sephora? Sephora. <laughs> Sephora. Palestine or Israel? <laughs> Palestine. In the light or in the dark? In the dark. Prince or Michael? Ooh, Prince. Sweet or savory? Savory. 
Marriage Same. or long-term commitment? Marriage. <laughs> Marriage. What? Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? <laughs> Trader Joe's. Whole Foods. Voodoo or brown sugar? Ooh, voodoo. Oh, damn. No, wait. I don't know. <laughs> you answered. Um, yeah. A seat at the table or lemonade? Damn. Ouch. Ouch. Three seconds. Come Rapid on. Rapid fire. Ouch. Let's go. I, I, I sit at the table. Lemonade. Evolution or creationism? Creationism. Creation. Nikki or Cardi? Nikki. Jalof Cardi. or rice and peas? Girl. <laughs> rice and peas. Uh, I want to say jollof. Missionary or doggy style? Missionary. Protection or pull out in prayer? Protection. Pull out in prayer. (laughs) Is it Uchi Wali or is it one mic? Oh, Uchi Wali. One mic. Love Jones or Jason's lyric? Love Jones. You said both? No, I said Love Jones. Oh, oh, love Jones. You ain't got the answer like me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Sir or Rumi? (laughs) What? I don't know them kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say Rumi. I'm going to say Sir. Lisa Bonet or Nia Long? Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet. Bell Hooks or Audre Lorde? Audre Lorde. I don't know that. Hooks. <laughs> Make your partner a plate or have them get their own. Make my partner a plate. Make Knuck a plate. if you buck or Annie up. Ooh. Damn. Ouch. Knuck if you buck. Knuck 9-11, if you buck. inside job or terrorist attack? Inside job. <laughs> <Where are you? laughs> I want to second that inside joke. Rihanna or Beyonce? <laughs> mm, my girls. Mm, Rihanna. Biggie Beyonce. or Pac? Mm, Biggie. Erica Pac. or Jill? Erica. Brandy or Monica? Brandy. Read the book Monica. or watch the movie? Watch the movie, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Sundress or sweatpants? Sundress. Sundress. Tony Morrison or Alice Walker? Mm, Tony Morrison. SWV Morrison, or Escape? SWV. Flats SWV. or drums? Mm, flats. Drums. Netflix or Hulu? Ooh, Netflix. Buy Ooh. stocks or buy flights? Buy flights. Prove your point or pray for peace? Oh, God. prove my point. <laughs> I, 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 and my it's, point. it's my downfall. Prove my point. It's my fucking downfall in life. Dis- <laughs> Actually. Disruptor or preserver? Disruptor. disruptor. And finally, love and light or money and dicks or clits? Love and light. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right, yeah. 
<laughs> Thank y'all so much. Please, please let the people know where they can find your incredible podcast so they can be inspired by all of the incredible stories and guests and your story and be inspired to disrupt this shit. Yeah, if you guys want to get the cheat code on some folks' career and how they did their creative journey, we've had a lot of dope people on, everybody from Armani White to Tao. Tao, Tao, how you say his name? Tayo to um, Cootie and Chike and Jay Ivy. We've had some great, incredible guests. Come to our Instagram at Disruptors ITC, Disruptors ITC for In the Culture. And um, check us out. We're on all streaming platforms and YouTube. Very dope. Very dope. Thank yeah. y'all so much. Yeah, you can see us anywhere. All po- podcasts, too. Yeah. Make sure y'all leave reviews. Make sure you listen. Make sure you follow the good folks. We will link all of the ways in which you can follow them in our description. And yeah, Shanti, you had something? Oh, no. Sheila? I just want to say thank you. It was a pleasure. Yes, thank you so much. A shout out to thank Philly, you. not New Jersey. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but. And, uh, yeah, we will be... <laughs> Don't get lost <laughs> over no. the bridge. Don't come over here. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, with that, I guess we are out. Bye. Peace. You have just heard an Around Away Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around Away Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. And still talking shit to me like I'm supposed to be here. And why you have been here with your tight grip on me? We ain't supposed to be here. But I'm on a rocket ship flying out of this. Now you won't see me.